Hey, I'm going to challenge you this. Do not miss a week of this series. Don't miss a week of this series. I'm telling you, it is meant and it is built to be built on top of each other. Each each week is on top of the next week and they're meant to go together. And I promise you, it's going to help you. It's going to be a part of it. We've already seen an amazing move of God in our first service this morning as people filled the altars and we just, we're moving forward and we're doing some, God's doing some amazing things in our relationships. So we want to make sure that you are here and a part of this. At Radiate Church, if you've been around at all, you've heard this, this phrase or you read it on the wall uh, behind, uh, behind our store back there in the lobby or, or maybe you're new and you haven't heard this yet but our heart our vision our mission at Radiate Church is to do this equip and empower people to live the life God intends we, we word it that way specifically because sometimes we can get more worried about what I intend for your life than what God intends for your life. It is about what God intends for your life, to equip and empower people to live the life God intends for your life. And I cannot do that. I cannot talk about that without talking about certain things that people don't like to talk about a lot of times, money, you know, and relationships. But today and over the next four weeks, I want to talk about love. I want to talk about marriage. Maybe you're in the room and watching online, and you're like, I'm not even engaged. You know, eHarmony kicked me off. Like, it ain't good. You know what I'm saying? Like, love, what is that? You know, that is an evil four-letter word for some people. You know, it's a future marriage, a current, mar- uh, a current marriage, whatever it is. I just need you to know this series is something you can grab something from. High schoolers, students, I need you to hear me. This is something you can grab something from. If I would have learned some of this stuff way back in the day, I probably would have saved myself and a lot of others a lot of heartache. Because I'd have known what I was looking for. I'd have known what was good and what was right. And what was godly. And, and so my thing is, is I want to live the life God intends in our relationships. We, here's what God intends for your marriage, for your relationships, for your romantic relationships is this. God honoring relationships. What does that even mean? Like, of course you're going to say that. You're a preacher. That's what you're supposed to say. God honoring relationships is this. There's times in relationships I don't get the final say. Pastor Travis talked about that a few weeks ago. I keep going back to it. I don't get the final say on some of this. God-honoring relationships are meant to be uplifting and not dragging us down. They're not meant to be abusive, but honoring. God-honoring relationships are meant to be, watch this, in the Bible it says between one man and one woman. Not one man and one woman and then that other woman whenever she shows you the attention that you want. Come on. Or not one man and one woman and then that guy that's really cute at work because he's your work husband. <laughs> Some of y'all like, don't, don't go there. Don't take that from me too. You know, like one man and one woman in a relationship that the Bible deems the way that God wants the relationship to be doing things the right way and doing it the way that he sets and it's meant to be honoring. It's meant to be loving and uplifting. It's meant to be between two people, and one man and one woman. It's meant to be, honestly, if you're married, watch this. You got to grab this. If you're married, it's meant to be sexual. Y'all like, he said that in church. Somebody's got to. Because we got to do it the right way. We can't do it the wrong way and then get mad when we get the wrong results. I can't make the cake the wrong way and then get mad when it tastes terrible. 
I got to make it the right way because we will not, and you got to hear me when I say this, we cannot, we never will have God-honoring relationships until we are God-honoring people. You can't be something together that you're not a part. You can't be something together that you're not a part. If you're not God-honoring by yourself, if you don't have the disciplines of following Jesus every day, if you don't have the disciplines of knowing who he is, if you don't have those things in your life every day, watch this, getting with someone else will not change that. Because if they can talk you into it, somebody else can talk you out of it. We have to be God-honoring people. And I know some of you are like, well, I'm not that, so I'm terrible, and my life is this, and i got to go back you know, 95 years and fix No, listen, just start today. Start where you are today and make your future the best it can possibly be from this point forward, from this day forward. Is there anybody in the room that would relate to this? I believe, I know in the golf compound, that's my house, in the golf house, in the golf compound, we hold on to things too long sometimes. Like, I'm talking about stuff. I'm not just talking about like, you know, like baggage from, we're talking about that, but like, I'm talking about stuff. I can prove that some of you do, and here's how. Some of you, when you walked in the door today, went to go take a picture, and you had to delete three apps in order to even take a selfie. Not enough storage to take pictures. Because, God forbid, we delete pictures from 12 years ago. You know what I'm saying? Anybody with me? You pay 99 cents a month to Apple because i got to have more storage for the pictures that I'm never going to look at again. Anybody in the room? No, all the ladies are going, stop it, stop. All the men are like, yes, praise God, preach on that. Stay there. It's like you took 17 selfies one day to make sure your hair was good, and you're like, skick, skick, I can't delete them. I don't know which one's good. They're amazing. It's incredible. Can't delete that app that I hadn't played with in six months either. Got to keep that on there, right? Here, here's, here's, here's another one. This is a weird, like, this is just weird, y'all. This is really weird. And some of you are not going to relate, but I would venture to say, and I saw it in the first service, I didn't know how many people did this, but y'all are creeps. Saving baby teeth. You know who does that? NCIS. That's it. That's the only time it's okay. If something happened to your houses and people went and searched it, they would arrest you immediately. I don't know who you are or what you've done, but you got 16 bottles of baby teeth. Why? Right? That's just weird. Who does that? My family did that. Anyway, um, at, this one's going to set somebody free today. So this is going, I don't know who needs to hear this, but this is, this is your breakthrough moment, praise God, right now. That iPhone 3 box that you still got in the, in the cabinet, y'all can chunk that thing, man. Like, you don't need it. You don't know. I know, I know. It's, it's a nice box, and it just slides so perfectly in there. And it's all white, and it's just clean, and it's beautiful. You don't need it. It's just a waste. I'm just telling you, it's taking up space. Just throw it away. Just throw it away. Get rid of it. Hey, guys, that Xbox box that from Xbox 360, it ain't even the new Xbox. Like the old, chunk it. Y'all just, just get rid of it, all right? You ain't even got that Xbox anymore. You don't need the box, okay? Right? Here's, here's another one in my house, y'all. A few months ago, I was uh, cleaning out. 
counseling session. Wasn't actually cleaning anything out. I, uh, I like coffee. Anybody else like coffee in the room? I like, I enjoy coffee. If you're online, you're probably drinking a cup of coffee. And for that, I just finished one. Um, I like coffee. I enjoy coffee. Every morning, every Sunday morning, I have a ritual. I'm a pretty ritualistic guy. And uh, every Sunday morning, I go by Starbucks on my way in, and I get me a white chocolate mocha, tall white chocolate mocha, with two shots of espresso and a cheese danish. And uh, I don't know why that was so funny, uh, but y'all need to stop judging me. Uh, you know, you don't get this right here without that. And uh, anyway, so... <laughs> Although I like coffee, right? But I don't always like going to spend, you know, $5 on a cup of coffee. I make my coffee like a real man. I use a Keurig. And uh, so a few, few, months, few months ago, two, three months ago, I'm at the house by myself, and I was having a late morning on purpose. And um, I, I, I woke up, and I was like, I'm going to fix me a cup of coffee. And I'm going to put it in my travel mug, John. And in my travel mug, I'm going to drink it on the way to the office so that I'm not hard to deal with when, with the staff today um, because I'm that guy. And you can judge all you want, and I'll pray for you. Um, and I did that, and I opened. So my coffee maker's right here, and my cabinet's right here above it. Very convenient, praise God. And I open the door to the cabinet, and y'all, all of a sudden, six coffee cups fall out of the cabinet. Six. You know how many people drink coffee in my house? Two. Six coffee cups fall out of the cabinet, fall on the cabinet, and one or two or three or six fall on my foot by myself. That's important to know because I would have had to apologize to someone if not. It's not how I like to start my day. So I immediately that day decide, I will clean this cabinet out. I will get rid of these coffee mugs. Y'all, we opened the cabinet. I kid you not, I hadn't moved a coffee mug. I, Elliot, all I did was open the door. Didn't move one, didn't grab one, Chris. All I did was open the door. All over my foot. I go in and I grab this thing right here, and I just start grabbing coffee mugs. Y'all, I grabbed coffee mugs from years ago. This one right here, we've been married 12 years. We got this when we were married. It's been used half a time. Half a time in 12 years. Praise God. Don't need that coffee mug. I grabbed this one if you made my wife this cup or you gave any of these cups to us. I want you to know I appreciate your life. Your generosity is so welcomed in my home. I just want you to know that you can have your cups back now. This one's cute. It's also not true. Coffee is a hug in a mug. No, no, it is not. It is a drink that warms your soul. It's not a hug in a mug. Look at this one. This one's precious. This one's so precious. It's just hearts. It's just hard. I just want to be reminded of love when I drink my hug in a mug. <laughs> right? Y'all, this, this is real. Like, I did not go buy these. These literally have been sitting in my garage. Right? Look at this one. I bought this one for my wife. Now, she'll drink. What? Y'all, she drinks from a hug in a mug, and she drinks from a heart, but she won't drink the one I got her. Hot chick. <laughs> She's like, I just feel so arrogant when I carry that around. <laughs> Babe, just be who you are. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to start. <laughs> I'm going to start drinking out of this one. <laughs> That's it. Hey, my name's Hot Chick. How you doing? All right, so anyway. 
What else we got here? Y'all, this one's creepy. This one, y'all, who wakes up and goes, I think I'll drink coffee out of an owl's head. The people that do this also have baby teeth sitting right next to them as they drink their coffee. You know what I'm saying? Like, who does that? There's people in the first service got offended when I brought that one out and started making fun of it. They're like, don't you talk about my owl head like that. I'm like, my gosh, praise him. Y'all, there's so many cups in here that we've used over and over and over and over again. But watch this. We got two people that drink coffee. And we had probably 30 coffee cups in there. And I cleaned them out. And guess what? We probably still have 20. And I'm like, I don't even drink coffee here that much. I drink it at the office and at Starbucks more than I do here. I mean, let's be real. Nobody's double fisting coffee. You can only drink one cup at a time. You don't need that many cups. You know why it bothers me? Because everything that I hold on to, everything that I keep in a cabinet, everything that I hold on to from my past, watch this, every single thing that I hold on to is taking up room from what could be. It's the same thing in our lives. It's the same thing. Like that cabinet is indicative of a lot of our lives. That cabinet looks like a lot of our past. It looks like a lot of our relationships to where we don't want to open that cabinet because we know as soon as we do, as soon as we start talking about that problem, as soon as we start talking about what we've been through, as soon as we start talking about our feelings, I know as soon as I open it, it's all going to come falling out. And then I got to rearrange it. And then I got to reorganize it. And I got to watch this. Some of us need to open the cabinet so we can get rid of stuff that's taking up room for what could be instead of keeping on and holding on to what was. Come on, yeah, that's okay to clap in here. We're good with that. Like, we've got to come to a place to where we understand that everything we hold on to from what was is taking up room from what could be. And there's too many relationships. I see it all the time. There's too many relationships in this world, in churches all across the nation, in houses all across our world that aren't even between two people. It's between a husband, a wife, and an ex, and a mistress, and a porn site, and an and, and, and affection that you're getting that, at work that you're not getting at home. They're not between two people. It's between about four or five. And then we want to know why two people can't connect. It's because now we're not giving 100% of ourselves to one person. We're giving 25% of ourselves to this person and 25 to that person and 25 to that person and 25 to them. And I'm just telling you, like, if we want a relationship like God wants us to have, we got to go, I am committing to giving 100% of myself to you. And I know, I know the... The reason I like that Darius Rucker song and, and we opened up with that and I know you're like, I can't believe they did country in church. You gonna listen to it in the car when you leave anyway? We just sped it up for you. <laughs> I can't believe it. It's because a lot of us, that's what goes through our head every day. If I told you. Come on. Good. If I told you. What I thought five years ago, if I told you what I struggled with 10 years ago, if I told you, if I told you, would you love me? Would you stay? And I just need you to know, first and foremost, God loves you. That's right. And God will stay. And Jesus will remain. He is the rock that will not leave. And I need you to know that 
as we walk through this today, you're going to begin to see that sometimes we just got to let go of what was so we can go towards what can be. 1 Samuel chapter 17 verses 20 through 23. It's the story of David and Goliath and David defeating Goliath. And you're like, what the heck does that have to do with marriage and relationships? I'm about to show you. It's going to be good too because I spent a lot of time on it. Here we go. 1 Samuel 17, 20 through 23 says this. So David arose early in the morning and he left the flock with a keeper and he took the supplies and went as Jesse had commanded him. Jesse was his dad. And he came to the circle of the camp while the bar, battle, or the army was going out in battle array, shouting the war cry. Israel and the Philistines drew up in battle array, army against army. Oh, 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 oh. Verse 22, then David left his baggage in the care of the baggage keeper and he ran to the battle line and he entered in order to greet his brothers. Verse 23, and as he was talking with them, behold, the champion, the Philistine from Gath named Goliath was coming up from the army of the Philistines and he spoke the same words and David heard them. That's going to be important in just, in just a minute. David left his baggage in the care of a baggage keeper. Some of us need to do that today. We've got to leave our baggage somewhere behind. And how do we do that? How do we drop? De- I know what you're thinking. You're like, yeah, but I got decades of hurt. I got decades of baggage. I got, so, I got ingrained mentalities that aren't even real or true. And I feel like it's this and I feel like it's that. And how do I drop that stuff, Pastor? Like, how do I get through that stuff? I'm going to tell you right now. I got three things. It's not three easy steps. It's just three things that I think about when I talk about this stuff. The first one is this. The first one is you got to grab this one. If you miss this one, you miss the whole thing it's this listen to your father listen to your father I'm not I'm not talking about your earthly father because some of you are like I don't even have a good relationship with my earthly father that doesn't affect your relationship with your heavenly father because he loves you and he cares for you anyway listen to your father if you go back in chapter 17 and you read verses 17 and 18 Jesse the dad he says this he says to David his son, take now for your brothers an ephah of this roasted grain and these 10 loaves and run to the camp to your brothers. Verse 18, bring also these 10 cuts of cheese to the commander of their thousand and look into the welfare of your brothers and bring back news of them. In other words, he goes, take this charcuterie board and give it to them and give it to their commanders. Did I say that right? I don't even know. Praise God. I'm good. And then verse 20, he says, So David arose early in the morning, and he left the flock with a keeper and took the supplies and went, watch this, as Jesse had commanded him. We have to learn to listen to our Father. We have to learn to listen to God. We have to learn to get in touch with our Creator. I know one of the most, I guess, prominent popular questions I get is how do you know what God sounds like? How do you know God's voice? My Bible teaches me, your Bible teaches us all that the sheep know the voice of their shepherd. I have to come to a place to where I'm in a relationship with God in the same way that I am. If my wife walked in the room and I couldn't see her, but she said my name, I would know immediately who it was. Why? Because I'm in relationship with her. I talk to her every day. I listen to her. She listens to me. We talk. We're in this communication. We're in this relationship. Many of us don't know his voice because we're not really in a relationship. 
Many of us don't know his voice because we don't stop to listen. We only stop to talk. Are you with me? My sheep know the voice of their shepherd. Some of us are in the wrong flock in life and we're frustrated and it's because we're listening to everybody else's shepherd. And God goes, no, 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 I'm your shepherd. I'm your father. Listen to me. Listen to my voice. Come to me. Follow me. Be with me. And here's the thing that we got to know. If I'm going to listen to God's instructions, you got to know this right off the bat. You can't go and stay at the same time. When God says go, we don't get to go, okay, I'll go, and then leave this foot planted. It's both feet go in the same direction. Some of us struggle in a relationship with God, and it's not because we're, he don't love us. It's not because he don't trust us. It's not even because of anything other than I want this foot in following and this foot in staying. Because if I can stay where I am, I'm at least comfortable here. And so I can always fall back into what's comfortable. I can always fall back into what I've known. I can always fall back. But if I go this way and it gets too bad, then I don't have nowhere to go if this foot's not planted. I just need you to, tell, I need you to hear me today. When he says, pick up your cross and follow me, here's what Jesus is saying. Take everything that you have and sacrifice it in the sense of societal uh, disownment and get to a place to where you're willing to leave everything behind to follow God. I know that's not, that's not the gospel that we hear a lot. It's like, hey, as long as you feel God telling you to do this, it's okay. No, relativism is not Christianity. Relativism is, is simplicity and laziness. Relativism is this. Relativism is the thought that I will do what I think is right in the moment regardless of what God tells me. No, God has the final say because he is our creator. And he's not here to beat us over the head for it, for messing it up, but he is here to walk it out with us. We have to, go, we have to listen to our father. We can't go and stay at the same time. And here's the thing, I hear people say this. I, I, I'm going to be real. I used to believe this growing up in my faith is that God purposely hid directions from me. God would purposely hide his voice. God would purposely hide directions and hide answers from me. And I just want to tell you something. I don't believe that. I believe God wants us to draw close enough to know his voice. But if he was trying to hide his directions and his guidance, why did he leave 66 books that I could read anytime I wanted to? If he was trying to hide himself from me, why do I have, according to Hebrews, access to the throne of God through the sacrifice of Jesus, his son? He's not trying to hide from us. He's trying to draw us closer, though. He's trying to get us to a place. I can't complain that I don't know what he wants if I never even open up what he says. Anybody helping anybody today? Listen to our Father. Let Let me leave you on this point. Let me leave you with this thought. Last one. If you want something new, go get it. Stop waiting on everybody else to blaze the path for you. Get your backhoe out and start making, knocking down trees and brush and bushes and make your own path towards the new thing that God's called you to. Don't worry about everybody else. The Bible teaches me that God goes before me. That means if he's called me there, he's already sitting there waiting on me to get there and he's already blazed the path for me. Go get what you want. Go get it. You want to be a better husband? Great, go do it. Talk is cheap. Talk is cheap. I'm not the greatest at it. I am not always a good husband. 
I fuss about stupid things. I say dumb things. I think dumb things. Like all this stuff. I know I'm a pastor. I should float and glow and have a halo. Well, I don't. The truth, I, I, I stink at this stuff sometimes, but whatever I want that's new, I got to go get it. I can't wait on my executive pastor and my staff and you and my mom and my dad and everybody else to go get it for me. I got to go get it. I got to listen to the Father. Number two is this. We need to learn to help others with their baggage. Chapter 17, verse 22 says this. Then David left his baggage in the care of the baggage keeper, and he ran to the battle line and entered in order to greet his brothers. There had to be someone willing to grab the baggage from David and not worry about their own weight. Nothing, you got to hear me, nothing about the gospel or the kingdom of God is inward focused. We love singing songs that are about, God, you do this for me. We love praying prayers about, God, give this to me. We love saying things like, God did this for me. Nothing about the gospel is inward focused. It's all outward focused. It's always about God. It's always about others. It's always about reaching and doing and being who you were created to be. And that is always outward focused. Watch this. If I become so concerned about my baggage, then I become intolerant of yours. And that's not how we were created to be. Your spouse... Your spouse, current or future, your spouse needs someone that will fight for them, not with them. Chances are they already know how they struggle. Chances are they already know where they're missing it. Find somebody that will fight for you. Find somebody you will fight for. Most of the cry for attention in relationships is because we want somebody to care enough to fight for us. Carry their baggage. Know it's going to be heavy. Know it's going to be frustrating. Know it's going to be difficult. Know it's not going to be easy. But watch this. Carry it anyway. And I know, here's what we think. Well, Jesus will take it, and so I don't have to worry about carrying it. They just need to give it to Jesus. Yeah, Jesus redeems, but it's up to us to release. A lot of times we want God to fix decades of hurt and pain and baggage. And if we just pray this prayer and do these things and say this Hail Mary and all this other stuff and we do all these things, then, then, then it's redeemed and it's all good. The problem is, is a lot of us are carrying things that God's already forgiven and forgotten about, but we're still carrying it. The Bible says when he forgives it and redeems it, he throws it as far as the east is from the west. How many times do we walk around with shame and guilt? that he don't even think about anymore. But we can't sleep because of it. And Jesus goes, just give it to me and learn how to release it. Go to a counselor, go to a life group, find what you need to find and get rid of this stuff. Get out of this stuff. James um, chapter 5 and verse 16 makes this statement. I, I, I love the book of James. In verse 16 says this. It says, therefore confess your sins to one another and pray for one another so that you may be healed. The effective prayer of a righteous man can accomplish much. Carry it together. Watch this. God can't heal what you won't reveal. 
James chapter 5 says, if you want to be healed of the affliction that you're carrying, you got to open it up and reveal what you're carrying to someone. That's why life groups are the secret sauce, because we can sit down and go, hey, man, I'm struggling. I got this. I need prayer here, whatever it is, in private, however it is. The truth is, we got to reveal some things, but I can't be mad if I don't heal from it if I'm not willing to reveal it. The Bible teaches me I have to reveal it. What's in the darkness breeds darkness. But there can be no darkness where there is light. And many of us are carrying things and mad about the darkness in our lives, but the truth of the matter is the darkness is there because we haven't shown the light to it yet. Bring it out of the shadows. Talk to somebody in some way, shape, or form and get out of your own mess. Relationships are two individuals giving 100% of each other. Or watch this, for the sake of this point. God-honoring relationships are two individuals carrying each other's mess as we get through it together. It's hard. It's hard. You may have to fix a problem you didn't even create. You gotta be all right with that. You know why? Because I choose love. I don't feel it, I choose it. It's not always like, oh, yes, I'm so in love. You know what I hate? I, fell, I hate the phrase, I just fell in love. It's not a mud puddle. <laughs> when you fall in something, you can also fall out of something. I love them because of who they are, and I'm committed to staying in love. I'm committed to being there. I'm not saying like you're biblically wrong or anything if you go, I fell in love with them. Like, don't walk out of here and go, I can't say that, it's a sin. <laughs> no, it's just, let's love each other. Next week we're talking a lot about how to be the one in the relationship, how to be who God called you to be and to focus on us more than them. And it's gonna be a great, a great message as we dive into Ephesians chapter five if you wanna read ahead. But the third point is this, the last one is this. We have to be willing to do what no one else will. We have to be willing to do what no one else will. Watch verse 32 of chapter 17 in 1 Samuel. It says, David said to Saul. So he heard Goliath come, and he heard Goliath like threaten the whole place, right? And then David looks at the king and looks at Saul, and he says, let no, man, let no man's heart fail on account of him. And then he looks at him and he says this, your servant, me, I, I'm your servant, Saul, I will go and I will fight with this Philistine. In other words, let's just put it in like language that I can understand and everybody can understand. It's this. David looked at King Saul and said, your army is a bunch of sissies. This dude has shown up day after day after day after day after day after day after day and threatened them and all this stuff and they just keep going, yes, sir, sorry, sir, didn't mean to bother you, sir. And David looks at King Saul and goes, I've been here for two days. And I've heard him come out, and I've heard his threats, and everybody's backing up. If you need somebody that's willing to do what nobody else will do, give me a sling and some stones, and I'll go out there and I'll cut the man's head off. And something about David's confidence and gall in that moment allowed King Saul to go, yeah, why don't you go do it? You haven't been trained for decades. The, the armor I'm going to let you wear doesn't fit. You can't even carry the sword. It's too heavy for you. But hey, yeah, you go do it. You know what the difference was? He was willing to do what nobody else would. 
See, I could have, I could have that morning with my coffee. I'm hoping they break. I could have closed the cabinet back, put my hands on it, and said, Dear God, fix this cabinet. Rearrange it. Make some disappear. and never want to deal with it again. And walked away, and 24 hours later, came back, opened the door to get coffee, and guess what would have happened? They all still would have been in the cabinet, wouldn't they? Why? Because sometimes... Watch this. It's not that God hasn't redeemed it. It's that he's empowered you to take care of it through the Spirit of God. Now, it didn't take the Spirit of God for me to go. It took the Spirit of God for me to stay holy. It didn't take the Spirit of God for me to go, I need to clean that out. But at some point, I had to take responsibility for what I needed to fix. You with me today? We got to do what no one else We'll do every minute we spend in our lives comparing our lives to someone else is a minute wasted from what it could be. Every minute we spend comparing our lives to someone else's is a minute wasted from what it could be. So you've got a past. So you've got baggage. So you've got frustrating, fr frustration. So you've been hurt. All those things. I'm not discounting it. I'm not even saying that it doesn't hurt and it shouldn't hurt. What I'm saying is so you've got that. What are you going to do about it? Give the baggage to the baggage keeper. Give it to Jesus. Let him redeem it. But at some point, you've got to release it. Last thought. What are you willing to do in order to get what you've never been, uh, where you've never been? What are you willing to do to get where you've never been? Men, we've got to be willing. If we want a relationship that honors God, we got to be willing to pursue. And I'm not talking about, I like it so I better put a ring on it. I'm talking about, after you put the ring on it, how do you love her? How do you show her? What do you do to pursue her? Women, we gotta, we got to get to a place, not we, because I'm not a woman, but you got to get to a place <laughs> to where we love and honor and respect men. Men are different. We're weird. We know we're weird. We're wild. We're made to be wild. We're, we're testosterone-driven people that just want to, ah, 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 go put our head through a wall sometimes. Like, seriously, it's weird. We love watching UFC where they beat the mess out of each other in an octagon ring and go, yeah! And y'all are sitting around going, why? I don't know. We love getting around with our buddies and laughing about stupid stuff. Embrace it and love it. Honor it. Respect it. Men, pursue her and love her and commit to her and be with her no matter what. It's God honoring. That's what it looks like. So what would it look like? What do you need to release? And there's, listen, I watched... I didn't, I, I, here's what I just, here's all I know is the Lord just told me there's people that's got to let go of stuff. And it's not that they don't want to be better. It's not that they're not trying to be better. It's not that they're not trying to get their lives where they're supposed to be. And they're not trying to be God honoring. And they're not trying to get past the stuff because they are. It's just that they know that I've redeemed them. They just haven't figured out how to release it. And I, I just, I just know 
several weeks ago, the Lord just told me like, there's people that are gonna release stuff in this, in this room and it's gonna set the course of history for them. It's gonna change it all. And I didn't know what to expect. And we gave the altar call and we gave the, the call to action and a safe way in the first service and I watched people get up from all over the room and come up to the front of this stage and begin to pray and lay stuff down. Man, it's, here's what I know. There's people in the room right now that you've got baggage you gotta get rid of. You can't, hear me, you can't go to where your father says until you get rid of the heaviness of the things that you weren't supposed to be holding on to anyway. I don't, I don't know what it is, but I know it's there. If you're online, there's some of you watching today online right now, right where you are, and you're in the same boat. I'm gonna encourage you to do what we're about to do here. Just do it right where you are. Grab a piece of paper and a pen and get ready because it's about to be life-changing. In just a minute, I'm going to ask if you're in the room and you're ready to get rid of this stuff and you're ready to take a next step of faith, I'm going to ask you to do something nobody else will do for you. I'm going to ask you to do something that maybe you've never done. And I'm going to ask you to take a step of faith and walk down to this altar and there's cards and there's pens on the stage. And I'm not going to ask you to blare your stuff out to everybody and, and, and embarrass yourself or, because I don't, I don't believe in that. But here's what I do ask Take a pen and a card and write down what you need to get rid of. And then just fold it up, pray over it, just throw it on the stage, just leave it behind. We'll be Radiate Church, Brandon Golf. I'll be your baggage keeper. I'll carry it for you. Because you got a battle to go fight. And you got somewhere to go. And if nobody else will carry it for you, I'll hold it. I'll hold it. We'll get rid of it together. Because I believe today something changes. Would you just bow your heads with me? God, as we reflect, as we think about this, and God, as you're taking us forward, God, there's people in their living rooms right now, wherever they are, online. God, I just pray you'd work in their lives. Holy Spirit, work in their lives. Bring up what they need to let go of. God, in the room right now, there's people that just need to let this stuff go. You're bringing it up. You're letting us realize what it is. Give us the audacity to do what we've never done or nobody else has ever done that maybe we've never even revealed. But we gotta, we gotta at least write it down and leave it. Leave it behind. As we sing, God, we're gonna glorify you. But God, there's people in the room that need to get up they need to come forward. They need to lay their baggage down. And I pray that we would do that today. We're about to sing and we're about to worship, but if that's you, you need to drop it off. I challenge you, get up out of your seat, come down here, grab a pen and a note card and write down what you need to let go of for the next few minutes. Come on. It's a time